0: As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. I'm really excited to have an opportunity to share with you our guest and really Charmaine's story. It's really amazing when you have entrepreneurs out there that have created their businesses really based on their experience, their life-altering kind of decisions that they've made. Our guest today is a vegan chef. She not only has one vegan eatery, she has two where she's really helping people get back in control of their lives. She's helping and teaching people how they can use food, how they can really do meal planning, how they can really kind of take power over their food And she's helping them through not only teaching, learning, coaching, and also making delicious and amazing items that we can all eat. But also we're going to talk today about how Charmaine has flexed, how this environment has changed the way that we see the world from the pandemic to some of the challenges we see right now in society. And we're going to talk today and kind of have a candid discussion about what it's like to be an entrepreneur in the space, what it's like to create a vegan business, and what it's like to really live in this time where we're all trying to build and bring our communities back together. So without further ado, I'm going to inter- officially introduce our guest today, Charmaine Johnson. Charmaine, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Great. So let's give people a little bit of background about yourself. Let's give them a little background about your business so that we have that foundation and we can build from there. So first, let's talk about being vegan. How mm-hmm. long have you been vegan? And maybe give us a little bit of insight into your vegan story, especially since um as I've been learning about you and reading your bio, you know, your business is really found from your own experience. Absolutely. So um I'm a former type two diabetic.
1: Um, I've been vegan for nine years. My grandmother was an insulin-dependent diabetic, and when she passed away, she had 16 medications. Wow. Um, so when I was diagnosed as diabetic, I was, you know, overweight, stressed, single mom, um, and I went and followed all of the dietitian orders, you know, what not to eat, what not to drink, and the medicine that they were giving me was making me sick. I was on metformin, statins, and water pills, mm-hmm. and I really was kind of concerned about having to get my kidneys checked every three months because it didn't make any sense that if a medication was kind of quote unquote healing my diabetes of which I've learned much later that that's not what it does Mm -hmm. why would my body break down every three months but in the meantime I had always been the family chef cook baker whenever there's like functions or parties everybody comes to my house and my kids (laughs) <laughs> oh, and my kids were used to like bake goods every week. Like even when I'm stressed, I come home and I bake. And I've been an IT consultant for 20 years and I've lived in a lot of different places. So every place I go, I cook. And when I learned how to cook a little easier, no white sugar, no white flour, I started doing farmer's markets, just making healthier cookies. And one of my customers at Jacoby Hospital in New York, I'm from New York, Mm-hmm. Um, passed me by and said, you know, I eat your items, but I'm dairy free. I can't have any kind of dairy. I said, well, what is that? So I did some research to find out what it is. I wanted to eliminate all barriers to my product because ultimately I wanted to help us eat healthier. Oh, I found out what it was to eat dairy free and meat free. I changed all of my recipes and then started experimenting on my own body just by eliminating more meat and more dairy and looking to see if I was getting a change in my blood sugars. And the doctors would say, oh, you know, you're doing so well, continue to take that medicine. I'm like, well, I'm not, after a while, I stopped stopped telling them because they didn't believe me, but they were also telling me if I kept taking, if I didn't take it, it's a terminal illness, you're going to die if you don't take this medicine. So I learned that I didn't have to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, where we come from in New York, it's each one teach one is one of the things that, you know, the old heads say to us all the time. And Mm -hmm. I feel like if the universe provides you with a gift, it's our responsibility to share it. So my goal, once I knew how to eat better and do better, was to create businesses that could help us understand, one, that it's delicious, because a lot of people think vegan is a potato or french fries or salad, Mm -hmm. and two, that it can be approachable. And it needs to be delicious enough that people want to make the transition. Um, So it has been like sort of my life's work for the last 10 plus years to help people understand that this transition is easy to do. And if you eat it, you will be healthier because I've been medicine free for nine years.
0: Perfect, and I love that. I love when we're able to live as kind of examples of our own kind of beliefs, as examples of a person who had type two diabetes And you kind of empowered yourself. You sat down and said, how do I do it? What can I do? Can I take things out? And I also like that you took, you were getting the blood work. You were working side by side and evaluating how that changed and how that impacted you. So I think as a lot of people are either watching this, whether you are vegan, not vegan yet, have a vegan cousin or friend, the idea is that many of us have different journeys and different paths Mm -hmm. as it Mm -hmm. kind of takes us to this place of becoming vegan, but I really love how yeah. you've taken that passion and turned it into a business and a way to help people.
1: Yeah. I mean, the why is important because, you know, why give what why, why change your life? Why take the sacrifice of not being with your friends and family, eating like everybody else, you know, having to go to restaurants and not really having anything to eat. It's a huge sacrifice being a vegan. For me the why was my children because at the time they were nine and 10 and everybody that I knew that was a diabetic was not thriving. Mm. All diabetics I know, been diabetic for 14 years. I probably would have been in dialysis by now. Wow. So I didn't know anybody who was like living with mm-hmm. it like a regular life. Yes, And I couldn't leave my kids an orphan. So it was a choice between like the, the Twinkie which is easy or like me figuring out how to like live a healthier life so that, you know, I could be there for that, for them. And then eventually it got to be, well, if I could do it for myself, then maybe other people would want to hear what I have to say and and, and do the same.
0: Yeah. And you can help other families, other people Absolutely. that want to thrive as well. And I think it's just opening that door and creating that opportunity, I think is just priceless and such a, such an amazing, amazing thing. So if we're thinking about the business side, if we're starting to put our business hat on. If we're starting to kind of see how you are living your life day to day. Let's talk about making that leap. When you made that leap to becoming an entrepreneur, walk me through kind of what that transition what that process was like Mm -hmm. um, and kind of how how that felt then, especially compared to now, since you've been in business for a while.
1: There's no one to help you, (laughs) is what I found out as a vegan entrepreneur. First of all, the um, preconceived notion of what vegan is wasn't me. Uh, didn't look like me as I started talking to people about being vegan, eating plant based, et cetera. So having to break down that barrier also pulled in my community as well because at farmers markets, et cetera, they don't normally see folks that look like me that say, hey, you don't need the egg. You don't need Mm -hmm. the, you can do this. So it was hard, but it was, but my why was just put, it just, I could not, I could not not do it Mm
0: -hmm. because you
1: can't see, you can't not not see disparity in your community and people being unhealthy and knowing that there are choices out there that are easily attainable if they just know what to do and how to use it. So I didn't get a lot of encouragement other than just my determination that I'm going to heal you, (laughs) that if you keep coming to my booth Mm -hmm. and you have a blueberry muffin every Saturday, you're going to start to lose weight and you're going to be like, you know what, I'm losing weight and I don't know why. I'm like, maybe there's a flax seed in that muffin. Just, you know, it, you know, slowly but surely giving people the education, but not beating them over the head with it. Yes. And that started giving me encouragement. One of the things that happened, I was um, doing a market in Brooklyn. There was mm-hmm. a, um, a Latina teenager that would come to the market every Saturday to get a muffin. And then one Saturday he bought his abuela, his, his um, auntie, mm-hmm. who spoke no, no no English, but she was a diabetic. And he had been telling her over and over, you can eat better. You can live better. I buy this thing from this lady every day. She used to be a diabetic. You can eat this, try this. So mm-hmm. when he brought her to my booth, I was like, I'm doing the right thing because that's the whole point that yeah. you're reaching people so that they can reach their family so that we can, spread the love globally com- mm-hmm. from a community perspective. So yes. those little wins along the way helped kind of pull me through. Um, yeah. Tried to do some research online, took all of the things from a regular baking perspective and tweaked them, did mm-hmm. a lot of research, a lot of trial and error, trying to figure out how to replace an egg, figuring out what flaxseed is, aquafaba, you know, all kinds of things that you would not normally use. But I also think that it's kind of an, an alchemy because being able to create magic out of chickpeas is, like, amazing. So yeah. if you are creative enough and you have that creative energy and vibe, plus your why is important. Because it can't be, oh, I just feel like, you know, for me, it had to be important enough for me to go through all of the people saying, oh, you are still doing that little cupcake business? You know, just the... The dismissiveness that you get yeah. as you move forward, you have to be able to fight that, and your why has to be really, really important. So, just my, I, I just my determination, just seeing that I know that it works, and knowing that if there's no information out there, there must be a reason why. That means I need to be doing it because there's a reason why <laughs> there's a reason why there's no information out there that somebody has to know it so and clearly it's working especially yeah. if you look at it from an international perspective it is working yeah. and factory farming is not sustainable so we need to you know do different things but having the opportunity to continue to educate every, every time a customer buys something but not from a preachy perspective they'll be like hey what's in this and you put the ingredients and they're like well what's a flax egg so every time you have an engagement, you have an opportunity for education, but it doesn't need to be preachy. Yes,
0: absolutely. And because I think can, it's also recoil from that. Yeah, I think we can be careful of being preachy. We can be careful of telling others, do it this way, that way. It's really sharing. It's really right. about offering kind of that open hand um, or in this environment, you know, really opening up to people and saying, mm-hmm. these are the results. This is what you can do. And also, I love your story. Sharing your story really makes a difference. And being able to help people understand, especially if someone is or has type 2 diabetes, if they have it in their family, because often it runs, you know, many of our habits, especially our food habits, are culturally mm-hmm. different Absolutely. Family. So we often have others who are struggling with it as well. So mm-hmm. being able to help our family members, being able to help people understand that what you're doing can may not be directly for them. But like you said, when someone brings their aunt, they're able to share that, I think makes a huge difference. I also love that you talked about how sometimes you have the naysayers. Sometimes you have the people who are kind of like, what? You're doing this business? (laughs) And you have to push through. You have to really understand your why and not lose track of that so that the noise out there will keep you from moving forward.
1: Absolutely. So
0: let's talk about what's going on right now. Let's talk about the world right now. In a couple of different ways, let's talk about where and how your business... Let's start with how your business has changed, and then we'll start to kind of talk about everything that's happening in the world and kind of how we feel about it and how we manage it. But maybe you were like many of us, you know, just going along, business was good, January, February we're going right. all day, and then you were hit kind of explain to me what happened and how was your business in these initially impacted by the pandemic and then we'll kind of talk about where we, where you are today. So, we've been doing vegan food
1: festivals up and down the East Coast for the last 6-7 years. We constantly get invited. The largest one we go to uh, is Vegandale in New York on um, Randall's Island and we do So, we're usually be- booked by uh April into October. Okay. And we were booked <laughs> April we had two events every single month from April to October in February. And then and that's like 80%, 85% of our event business. So all that's gone. No events. Yes. For yes. us that's it's a community reach out because vegans are just the happiest people when they go to a food festival because they they just don't normally get a a lot of food. And they're just so happy that you are there and so appreciative. And then everybody is of the same communal mindset. So it's just a great, awesome. I love vegan food festivals. So we don't have any of those this year. Mm -hmm. Heartbreaking. Um, uh, In Philadelphia, they closed down all of the restaurants. So you can only do takeout or curbside pickup the kitchen that i work out of uh is closed because of that so uh, we had a weekly meal prep business and for about two and a half years we make breakfast lunch and dinner every week we have about 100 plus customers maybe 20 orders a week they place their orders on tuesday they get their food delivered on sunday and it's all 100 vegan so our customers have been used to eating food the right to live of my dog or the cow then you know, we we can't get shot in the streets, and folks act like it's okay. Yeah, and I, and I and we're tired of yeah. it, and having to explain why we're tired. Yeah, of it. So um, what I what I think is that um, vegans, not that we are necessarily special, but because of our why and our choices to choose animals, environment, etc. And, and, and not all of us, but we do try to live an ahisma lifestyle, something that's more holistic. You know, it, it, it matters what you listen to in regards to music and who's talking. It matters what you read. It matters what you speak. It matters how you move through the world. Well, then it, sh- it should matter to us as a collective vegan community that the injustice just needs to be, they, we need to stand against it in whatever ways that we need to. May it be our corporations from Miyoko's to, I don't know, Beyond Beef. I mean, they're asking us to buy their products. Where are they? And even from a community perspective, we're doing what we're doing by feeding our people. But, you know, we need voices that are louder and that can, and, and because the vegan movement is moving and becoming wider and wider globally, Um, And even the feedback that we're getting from our partners over the pond, London, UK, uh, Netherlands about protesting on our behalf, basing talking about what's happening in our country. And they have a wider proliferation of veganism in their, I mean, some of their public schools are totally vegan. Like they they live that way. So I, I just think that we can do, I'd like to figure out what I can do and how we as a vegan community can be louder. Yes. Because we're very loud about the animals. Everybody knows, we've seen all the documentaries. We're really loud about the environment. You know, we're loud about Vegan for Health, but we must be loud about people dying. It's just, it, it is unacceptable. So um, I'm hoping that we can talk about figuring out what we can do as a larger vegan community. I think that this particular situation, even with COVID is a, um, a global reset. Yes. Um, we are all having to sit still and think, meditate, pray tell. Some mm-hmm. of us don't do that, but you know, it might be a time for us to kind of sit down and figure out who we are, what we want, what kind of world we want to have. And we can really make a decision about what kind of world we want to have. And either we're gonna put our heads in the sand and just eat our chickpeas and make believe nothing's happening, or we're going to put our talents and our voices to the causes that we believe in. And it must be humanity. It must be, and, and a lot of people don't want to say, well, why you always want to call out the difference about racism. It is a thing that you cannot ignore. <laughs> we yeah. are being killed, and we just, it is what it is, you can't. You cannot, you can no longer say, oh, well, it must've been, he was, no, his foot was on his neck. He cried for his mother in the street. There's just no way that you can say that that's okay. So I'd like us as a community to figure out what we can do to be more vocal, but I'm also encouraged by the reset that mother nature gave us by us having to cook with each other, us having to talk to each other, of, have, of having to barter because mm-hmm. some people aren't getting unemployment and they haven't had unemployment since March, and here it is June, and they don't have any food, so people, farmers are coming down donating food. People are teaching people how to cook. So there's a a sense of community that I'm hoping will continue with us as we move forward. I think it will because we are realizing that we need each other. Yes. But the um, insidiousness of racism needs to be spoken out by our um, brothers and sisters who are not impacted in the way that we are. And I don't think that the movement is going to be in as impactful if we don't have more varied voices instead of our bodies and our voices always being the ones on the front line. And then there's a complaint about how we do it and why. Yeah, So I'm troubled.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this it's so important that we figure out how we're going to use our voices. Many of us have platforms. Many of us have ways to communicate. Many of us have ways to help, to teach. And sitting back, like you said, kind of just chilling and saying, well, I'll just wait until all of this passes over. I'll just wait until we get back to normal is not the way to look at this. This is a time, I love how you said it, of resetting. This is a time for us to really think about what kind of society we want to be moving forward. Um, and how we can act. I'm really big on action. I'm really big on not just talking about and dreaming about the world we'd like to have, Mm -hmm. but think about what your action is. And not everyone's action is gonna be in the same realm and the same way. So I don't want people to think, well, you want me to be an extrovert, you want me to go do this, you want me to do that. No, I want you to use your talents. I want you to use your community. I want you to use um, the channels that you have your fingertips and speak out and speak up mm-hmm. and think about what you want to do to contribute to the change. Absolutely, um, I think we really have to do that. We have to make a course correction to make sure that we are speaking out for all injustice um, so out fair. there. I just think, it's- and
1: everybody is can can act from their own sphere of influence because some people, you know, I can't protest in the street because I have kids and I can't get arrested. I am militant enough that I'd probably get shot because I'm I'm just, I'm one of those Mally type of people. So I know that of myself, but I can feed you. I can teach you how yes. to feed yourself and feed your families. And I know that when you eat better, your brain is less foggy. Yes. You're better able to, you know, cognate, to strategize. You're feeling better. You, you have less money that you have to spend on medication. All of those wonderful things help you as a person, helps your community, helps you to live. So, yes. Everybody has some way of doing something within their sphere of influence to make the world a better place, to make it what it is that they want it to be.
0: Absolutely. I really just I, I love every everything you're saying. We had a couple of shout-outs. Um Maddie joined us. She said she was really excited, you know, seeing another dedicated hey Maddie. businesswoman. woman. So <laughs> thank you. Just wanted thank to, you. to make sure you saw that. Janet said hello from us from Chicago. Hey Janet. Hey, hey Janet, I need to live in Chicago land. Um, Thank well. you. Yep. And um, we also had um, just some commentary of just thanking people for those thoughts and inspiration. I really Thank you, MJ. wanted us to spend some time talking about it because, um, like we said, it needs to be voiced. It needs to be discussed. Um, and we all need to just start thinking about it. We had some other questions in here. Um, Antonio, I know you um, asked a couple of questions. I don't think we're going to have time. He was asking some questions about palm oil and so forth. I'm not sure. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> I, like grape seed. I like
1: grapeseed. I like grapeseed oil, if I must say. Okay. All right. okay.
0: <laughs> um, normally what I do is we keep these sessions to about 30 minutes or so, because I know I'm popping into everyone's life while they're listening to these live while I'm jumping in. Um, so we're coming a little bit close to that half an hour kind of segment. And one thing I always like to do as we wrap up, as we kind of, jumped in and hopefully inspired people as we jumped in and maybe even stretched a little bit of people and helped them to maybe think about what's happening in our current environment differently. What I also love to do is give advice, give us some recommendations because you are kind of living in this world as a vegan entrepreneur, as a successful vegan business owner, you know, talk about maybe some advice you have for others that are transitioning, that are challenged with things like their their shared kitchen is closed. They're trying to flex in their business. And then also the community aspect where people are trying to figure out how do I support my community? You know, I may not be able to protest. I may not be able to do these things, but not getting caught into what you can't do and starting to think about what people can do. So if you have any, I know I give you, a wide list there. But <laughs> if you have any recommendations for anyone who's watching, who's listening on what they can do now and what mm-hmm. they should be thinking about, especially as you look back and some things in hindsight, but nice. also as we're living day to day now, as we're, we're seeing these the, the headlines, what would that be? Uh,
1: I would say um, it's really important to get centered. So one of the things that I do Uh, before I even start my day and and it's a habit that I started uh in the beginning of being a vegan because I had to sort of document the feelings that I was getting about really wanting that Popeye's chicken but I just can't have it because I know and I had to write it down I had to like find a way so journaling and meditating at first I was like oh that's not really necessary but I do find that it has helped me over the years just so I can get centered enough to deal with whatever it is that's going on in my day um it's real. Besides eating,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, veganism is not necessarily just food. And I think that's going to be the name of my course. Vegan is more than food. It's not just what you consume in your mouth. It's all like, don't look at TV all day because the consumption of all of that negativity all day is not going to make you not want to cook. You're not going to want to get up and and go exercise. You're not going to want to talk. You're going to be so overwhelmed by what is negative that you won't be able to see the positive. So be careful what you let in your cipher, number one. okay. Um, it's a journey. It takes time. It took me many, many years to get to the point where I can be like, oh, I don't want the meat. But all you need to do is just eat one thing every day that's green or greenish. One thing every day that's not fried. You know, try to bake. May- take one thing, like maybe you fry all your food. I'm going to try baking everything for a week. All I'm saying is just give yourself um, a break mm-hmm. because it's not something that you're going to automatically one day wake up and be a vegan unless you have a um, a food issue and you have to change your diet immediately. So be gentle with yourself because it takes time. Um, be also gentle with yourself when you figure out, well, what can I do? Everybody can do something, even if it's just calling your friend and saying, hey, I know you had a bad day today. I know what's going on right now is rough. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Great advice on that. It could be anything, it could be anything. Just letting people know that you are there for them can be enough. If you want to uh, donate to your local CSAs or food banks so that you can help the farmers get the food to the to the folks. You know, almost every state has some sort of way of helping to donate and give. Um, and just be intentional, really, about what it is you're saying to people, how you're moving through the world, what you're buying, what you're listening to and just in every choice you're making a choice that reverberates good vibrations. So everything that you're doing you're wanting that to be the onus of what it is that you're doing and if you come from that place initially then whatever it is that you're doing will end up with a wonderful result. So just it's a a little bit of a mind shift set because right now you think there's nothing to do but nothing to look at but negativity but the birds are chirping louder the sky is bluer the ocean is happy there are some things that are happening to us even the cooking that allows us to get back to basics get back to loving get back to community and I think we're going to continue with that so that is that is what I would um those sort of like my my parting thoughts but in regards to advice just be gentle with yourself but be intentional love it
0: love it so just so as people are listening to this, they're feeling inspired. Maybe they want to reach out to you. Maybe they want to get connected. Let's give them your website. Let's give them your social media. And also let them know, I know you said you're you know working on an online course, so what can they know, can they get anything ordered and shipped to them today? Um, And if not, then when should they be looking for a course or what should they do so that they can not only connect with you, collaborate and support what you're doing, um, but also make sure that they are connected with all the great work that you're doing.
1: Thank you. So we are going to be putting a course together. Um, It'll be a three-month course because it takes three months to develop a habit and it will take you from understanding what the various food genres are from vegan to pescatarian, to flexitarian, to omnivore, whatever it is, because a lot of people don't know the differences, to being able to cook on your own, to knowing how to put your pantry together, understanding herbs and spices, micro and macrobiotics, all of those things that at the end of three months, you're better equipped to be confident enough to cook food on your own. And if someone asks you, why are you a vegan? What is this vegan thing? You can speak about it because you've chosen which one of these sort of communities you aspire to based on your reason, your reasoning for being a vegan. So that course is gonna be ready sometime in July. Um, Night Owl Vegan is the, vegan is our me- weekly meal delivery service that has stopped or has been halted, but as a result or as a package with my meal service, I mean, with the, the cooking class, some of my customers, especially the local Philadelphia ones, will have meals included in their packet in their classes so that they don't have to cook it. They just get it, eat it, and learn how to do it on their own. So the, the meals will be part of something, but not as much as it was before. Okay. And um, we were going to open up a cafe before this happened. Um, there's more and more uh, emphasis on trying to do something takeout in Philly. I'm not sure yet, but I will let my customers know about that. And for the Natural Sweet Desserts, which is our dessert business, we're still have a catering order today for somebody's birthday. I have to deliver tomorrow. So customers call me and say what it is that they want and then I make what they want. Now, Philadelphia, I can deliver, but we do not ship now, obviously, because it'll take you a, a year and a day to get it. By the time you get it, it's stale. So everything that we do so far from a food perspective is locally, but our online class will be global.
0: Perfect. That is great. So, anyone in Philly, please, please, please make sure you're supporting Jermaine um, and her businesses. Um, also, social media. They can get you on Instagram, Facebook. Yes, Instagram
1: is, is um, Instagram is sweets Baker, S W E E T Z B A K E R. Uh, Facebook is Natural Sweetsbaker. Baker. Uh, Twitter is Vegan the N Delicious. And I used to have a Instagram night owl vegan page, but they took my page. So I don't have that anymore. I know I have 500 followers and now it's gone. Um, so yeah, that, that's how you can reach out to me from, uh, oh, and I also have a podcast called why vegan. Mm -hmm. And, um, the reason for the podcast, I did a couple of interviews to kind of figure out why people veganed. So we've got like uh, four or five interviews there, but we also have um, interviews about five immune boosting foods that can help you in COVID. Five ways to get rid of your stress during COVID. Um, uh, how to shop while vegan, things of that nature. So if you go to Why We Vegan um, on Sprout. Ah, uh, you can listen to our podcast. and We've got a bunch of information up there as well.
0: Perfect, and we'll make sure we send out the link as well to the podcast. That is great um, that you. you're doing it. So, thank you so much for taking. Thank the time. you. I
1: appreciate the opportunity to speak with everyone to share how I feel about. I, I love this community. Being vegan has literally changed my life, um, and I'm just so overjoyed with the opportunity of being able to shed that share that message with more and more people, and um and looking forward to seeing us become healthier as a planet as a result.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone who joined us. Antonio, MJ, Maddie, Janet, Vegan Jeffrey. Sorry, I'm scrolling through as fast as I can. Um, Anyone I missed, I will post in the comments as well. Thank you,
1: everyone.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great
1: day.